Good morning, pilgrims and travelers. Wonderful pass of life. 7.41 on the dot. And uh, living uh, Mayan, muy refreshed. <laughs> muy ref uh, my goodness. Uh, refrescan, refrescado. Muy refrescado. I don't know if that's it, but you can say that in Spanish. But feeling refreshed. Oh, de muy descansado. Here we go. Very rested. Well rested. So, had a, one of the apps, had a nice chat with uh, Angel Emanuel Manolo de Zaragoza at breakfast. Two cyclists that came yesterday with their last... Uh, day to day heading back home retired gentlemen and uh actually one asked me uh, kind of interesting uh, rather quickly within the you know conversation you know if uh if i voted for macron you know in the french presidential election and uh i was like yeah no i kind of you know get put a lay down the work a little bit of context you know like yeah i don't vote so no, I would have, if I had to choose, I would have, you know, but not because I believed in the guy, but because I believed less, because the other party reflected less my values, but not because this was a guy that I wanted, which I think, well, I, I actually know from what I've uh, listened to that it's a lot of what's going on, and if I'm not mistaken, even the president uh, acknowledged it, that a lot of people voted for him not because they liked him or they believed in him, but because of uh, uh, what the other party meant, what it represented, and uh, and anywho, but it was nice. It was a nice little exchange. I was uh, once more one of the F. I was once more uh, praised for my mastery of the Spanish language. You know, anyway, that feels good. You know, I'll. Uh, I'll accept it, you know, I feel kind of almost like uh, conflicted or guilty about, you know, like I am uh, pricking up my chest, but uh, no, it is kind of a fact. I mean, you know, not only that, a lot of people are just surprised, like, man, you you know, you are like a what do you call gringo, there we go. In Mexican, you would say gringo, and then in Spanish, you say giri, and, uh, but I do. Anyway, it's fun, it's enjoyable. I'm lighter, I'm quicker on my feet, so, you know, we'll see if some of that happens with Italian, and I don't quite see that happening, unless I fall in love with an Italian woman and live with her, or if I, if I end up moving to Italy to actually have that kind of uh, immersion experience. I don't see anything that compares to, you know, being in a culture, breathing it day in, day out. Uh, we underestimate the kind of passive learning that can happen by just being around those things. It's the volume of it eventually is bound to to have a productive effect. Anywho, so that was uh, definitely a very restful day, you know. About a two-hour and fifteen-minute hike yesterday. Uh, well, and I did take that stroll through the city when it was still 
Not quite as brutal, but still pretty warm, you know. It's uh, the local are saying this is not typical. It is uh, maybe a record temperature. What's going on? This kind of heat wave, you know, who's going to culminate in uh, in the next three or four days, I think. You know, we're going to like 36, 37 degrees. I'm not sure where I'm heading, but that region anyway. So pretty warm, very early in the year for it to be that, you know, close to 40 degrees. I don't know what it's like in Andalusia right now, but it can be now. I don't know. Maybe it's just in the central of the country. Who knows? I, I don't keep uh, track of uh, keep track of those data. Anyway, it was another night sleeping with no nothing on me, just sleeping on the bed, laying on the bed. Which part of me feels weird. Like I always want to have some kind of a bed sheet to put over me when I lay down. Kind of feels weird not to have that, but it's. Uh, I was a little cool, well, barely cool when I woke up, but you know, uh, still realizing when I started to do my stretch that my body was already warm. And uh, but anyway, regardless, um, I don't have any upcoming uh, big days, you know. So I'm gonna just take things as they come. You know, meaning the idea of maybe not resting as much, so not being, uh, maybe not being 100%. So, okay, hold on, where are you? Oh, did I? No, that can be right. I'm sure I'm on a main drive here. I'm kind of looking at, yeah, yeah, that's fine. Okay. Oh, I'm going to go through the interstate here with a couple of roundabouts, so it's going to be major noisy. Okay, I mean, it looks like I'm actually going straight for a while. Okay, so today I'm heading to Tudela. So we're looking at about, uh, I guess, between 1 and 2 in the afternoon I will get there. I'll call them in a little bit. And... Uh, yeah, it looks like I'm pretty set until uh, Aruba, which is a town before Logroño, and I'll just cover the whole thing until Navarra. So I'll uh, I'll get the whole French uh, stretch of that Camino done in one day instead of two, which is not huge anyway, I mean, nothing special. And uh, I'm going to get those, uh, you know, four days where slowing down a little bit, you know, doing less of that physical effort uh, and not because of the heat obviously and not even because of uh, anything with the body because actually the body is doing very well but actually just because of that just you know chill into me don't don't get so don't get so focused on the on the whole physicality of the camino even though it feels wonderful and it's enjoyable and it feels meaningful, but uh, kind of some boredom a little bit, some sedentarism a little bit, so kind of a mix of things, kind of a, that it is, it is tricky at times for me to not be into the doing. Uh, it may sound weird, but it is still challenging. Uh, I still have trouble defining it. You know, one silly example is when I do my uh, my sitting meditation. You know, it is it's just amazing how restless I am. 
and uh, I'm not going to say I haven't gotten better or I've gotten worse on the same. I can't say that. I have no idea, actually. But uh, the fact remains that, uh, yeah, it's it's very, uh, how, would I, how would I say, not uneventful, but um, unspectacular. Here we go. I'm going through a second roundabout here. So it's quite uh, there's a bunch of cones, I guess construction maybe. I don't know. And there's a big tractor here going right by me, right by my tail. But there is my there's my Camino right here. About 50 yards from it. So it is something very challenging for me. Uh, this is nothing new. Uh, it definitely feels part of my makeup, you know, whether nature or nurture, I don't know. And again, it's not really useful for me to ponder too much there. But the fact is, it's definitely a baggage that I'm carrying. Uh, I think I am calmer, but static, no. It's something definitely, you know, the idea of uh, having a book and maybe hours on the couch. I think this one is nature, possibly for me. I think I'm just more hyper. You know, the old uh, ADD, ADHD, you know. Uh, but yeah, I think it's just kind of more of a natural uh, uh, predisposition. You know, my natural state. That it's very, very hard to be still. Unless I'm exhausted. <laughs> Or unless I'm forced, you know, by uh, by circumstances. There's a note that I wrote a while back, and about that, a new state of mind that I found myself with, kind of realizing, I'm I'm kind of like a feels like a condemned uh, optimist. I think I was more of the glass half empty when I was younger. You know, if uh, if something that I enjoyed was happening, I was always being like, okay, be ready, it's going to crash, it can't last, you don't deserve it, you know, you're doomed to failure. I think that was happening a lot in my life. And uh, <clears throat> I did not believe, I didn't have much of a belief. My self-esteem was... So depleted, you know, I was running on empty, I think, for a long, long time, you know, i.e. Uh, my, my sense of uh, depression and having that black cloud over my head. And then at one point being like being tired of being alive because I'm like, is that, is that what it means to be alive? To me, it's like surviving. You know, what's the point of surviving until you die? That's why, from my standpoint, I can appreciate what some people want to kill themselves, want to end life. It's like, I don't want that anymore. I get that. It's not worth it, you know? And But uh, I think definitely meeting Glenda, you know, having that relationship, you know, being with somebody, having that love, that connection, that intimacy, that story, fostered and uh, nourished a part of me that was atrophied. That I do believe and I'm not saying that I'm giving the, the credit to Glenda. It just happened with Glenda 
you know, I, do, I don't, uh, I don't take things personally. Like if I'm with somebody, and, uh, and this is an example. I'm not digressing here. Uh, if I'm with somebody and we have an exchange, and the person is like just blown away by what I said, I'm like, yeah, that just, you know, that synchronicity. You know, it's nothing to do with me. So I don't, uh, you know, I don't see myself as somebody special. And by the same token, I don't really see anybody either as somebody special. So, you know, when I look at Glenda, I will always be grateful that will make her special in my book because of that. But I used to tell her, you know, it's just there is this connection, you know, there is this channel and those things are happening, but it's, it's not about you and it's not about me. It's just happening through us. And we are like bystanders, hopeless, you know, and... uh and I know that <laughs> that's not very romantic. <laughs> I guess I'm a, I'm a different kind of a romantic, for sure, that I used to be. I am nowhere as naive. And, and so that optimism has been, has been, you know, I've had some kind of ivy pride, and it's been titrating slowly but surely over the years. And as my, uh, Self-esteem, self-confidence started to rise. You know, the, the criteria, the standard changed, the expectation changed, the beliefs, the beliefs changed, and uh, you know, some things I and I changed a lot. And I've talked about it before. You know, and I, I can appreciate that from Glenda's point of view. But you know, being somebody, and I think in a way she might have inferred some of that. You know, kind of known him before and intuited that beforehand that, you know, marrying, being her 21 years older and marrying somebody, you know, in, in a, what was it, 25? Yeah, 25 when, when we got married, you know, and then there was still a lot of, uh, a lot of growth. Oh, Nevada! Here we go. That's my answer as to, uh, I didn't know when we were entering into Nevada, which is a in the, uh, independent autonomous uh, community. So we're leaving Aragon. <laughs> So a lot of change happened, and I started to have a different tale about myself, different story, kind of almost unbeknownst to me, really, because I think, you know, when you are around people or in a community or in a setting to where there is something that you feel nourished by in, certain, in a certain way, you know, with a certain quality, you can't help be affected by it, you know? And, uh, yes, of course, it was the first town in Nevada after leaving Mayen, like, what, 10 minutes later? And so, you know, even though my professional path has remained very bumpy, to say the least, you know, that's definitely a euphemism par excellence, huh? um, So, notwithstanding, you know, my uh, my challenging career path, but in terms of life, starting to kind of uh, believe that I deserve, here we go, I think that's the operative word, deserve better, and some things were not acceptable, and 
I undoubtedly am sure that I would not deal with the situation the same way now that I did back then, which doesn't mean I regret what I did. That was just, you know, my best understanding, my best shot at the time. But of course, now I have learned uh, a lot of things. Let's see here. Looks like we're going. We're not going there. Okay. Uh, so things have changed, and uh, yeah, I realize I'm kind of uh, okay. I think I need to cross here. Need to be careful. Okay. Good job, Anthony. Very good job. There's a kind of a funny road, and then uh, we have a special, special uh, uh, pedestrian passageway. And so now it's kind of like a same kind of place, just a different kind of angle. And I seem to always find uh, the glass half full, you know. Or even when I have moments to where things are going to be hard or, you know, you feel like you're being punched in the stomach. I, I seem to find more easily and more rapidly the silver lining. And, uh, and yeah, that belief that everything is purposeful. There are no accidents. You know, and I'm not talking about those as categoric truth. Just the kind of, uh, the Kool-Aid that, uh, what is the earth? Just the Kool-Aid that, uh, That that tastes good to me right now. The flavor of the day, shall we say? Anyway, I'm about to go under this uh, in this quick tunnel here, just in case you you hear my voice differently. I'm going underworld, as it's so nicely saying red on the wall here. So so yeah, I have a positive outlook, you know. Even though I am. Uh, more clueless than ever before. I'm not going to talk too much right now. Almost there, guys. Just to spur the moment, creation just for you guys. Just for you. Anyhow. So... Yeah, it is interesting. You know, I'm the most clueless. I feel like I'm the most in the dark that I've ever was. Because at least when I was younger, even though my life felt pathetic, you know, I was a chef. I mean, I had at least a path. I had something to follow. I had a blueprint. And uh, yeah, I, that was what I was doing. Even though, you know, it wasn't. I wasn't reaping happiness. I wasn't, I was a victim, you know of that path, of that way of living. But at least I had some understanding and that pacified me, you know. And of course I wasn't aware of what any of it meant. That's just what it was. And now, you know, 
uh, I do feel like I am more aware, but I am more clueless. I have less knowledge. I have less ability to prognosticate. No forecasting skills. Uh, but, you know, like what happened with uh, this Camino about knowing what was going to happen. I have, what, uh, one, two, three, four. So in five days, I'll be passing through Logoronio, if I'm not mistaken. And, uh, you know, three days ago, whatever, two days ago, I didn't know yet what was going to happen before. And that was very clear, you know, this, uh, it was not like confusion. It was really the, I guess, I don't know, maybe, maybe an apt comparison could be for you to think of. Could you, could you think about 30 years from now? You know, would you be able to? And then to basically, you know, to put a, to change your prison into being like, you know, what if somebody would feel the same way about a week from now that you do 30 years from now? Would that be so weird? You know, you know, just the fact that, you know, the, the mold, that the filter that you, you know, that you perceive life through, in your case, you know, is customized in such a way that you don't have that ability or that you've lost it because I had it. I, I always, when I was younger, thought about the future plan and then those influenced and inspired and motivated me to, to behave in such a way in the present and to justify things that now it doesn't work. For now anyway, you know. I, I would say with a certain level of uh, certainty that I don't see that changing. Though I'm not saying it with, you know, 100% guarantee, but it kind of feels like the quality of my life is so much better. It really is. You know, the experience of it is quite clear, you know, what it feels like, what my experience of it is. I feel more like a warrior. I definitely feel more empowered. I feel less than a victim than I ever did before. So the facts speak for themselves, you know. The quality of the experience, the fact of having the experience, I don't believe there is nothing more transformative than the experience per se. You know, like whoever said that, you know, you can read about swimming all you want. You can know really a lot about it, but it's nothing to do with the actual swimming and what your actual individual experience of it is going to be versus what somebody else wrote about, you know. You can lean on the world, or you can just dip in and then see what happens. And of course, you know, with a certain amount of knowledge and uh, beforehand understanding. But realizing that there is definitely things that are beyond uh, your ability to grasp, unless you actually do it, you know, imperfectly, you know, with the entire method comes with uh, doing things. And so, yeah, it's undeniable for me what's, uh, what's happening on that level. And again, I don't feel bad at all about it, but it's, it's nothing to do with me. It is not due to my prowess, to my ability, you know. So that's what, that's what I'm left with. And uh, 
Onward I go. Onward I go. Parque Público Municipal, Simon Cortes, Mana, Going Sultan, there's Bumuel, uh, Riva Forada, Shows to Della, that, well, actually, that's what I'm going today, Saragossa. Mm, I need to pay attention here, but I'm pretty sure I'm on the right path. Okay, let me. I'll just, I'll just kind of chill a bit more on this podcast. Okay. Here we go. Okay. Alright. Coming up. It's a good size little town. Let me switch it straight because I'm going to have to go left in a minute. Okay, but I'm almost out of it. Anyhow. So we'll see today. You know, it definitely feels like a late start. Well, I mean, 7.40 is not that late of a start. Mm. So, I guess anything else I can add to wrap up the, my spiel on forced positive attitude. You know, your attitude determines your altitude. Uh, I have been made aware of that quote a while back. And I kind of like it. It's got a nice zing to it, yeah? Attitude determines altitude. <laughs> and uh, I do believe. Yeah, I, I do believe in that. I do believe in that. Anyhow, there is Eroski, which is a vast country in a grocery store. But I'm still too early. They don't open until 9 o'clock. Oh my goodness. How about that for a new world? El Chiringuito. Which is those, uh, those bars that get put up every spring for the summer. But that's normally on the beach. But this one is uh, Peña. I've chosen to call the bar El Chiringuito. So maybe she's from uh, Andalusia. Anyhow. But yeah, I think I'm going dry here. So let me wrap it up. So, I'm not, I guess it's not about like feeling good about, about being positive, you know, because it's, it doesn't feel like it's a choice. It feels like it's a slow evolution in a different kind of, this evolution of my, or um, updating of my state of mind, you know, the change of belief, a new story, you know, a new tale that uh, I'm nothing about who I am, what I believe I am, what I'm capable of, what I deserve, and uh, who knows how all of what took place for that to happen. I couldn't even begin to tell you, but it seems to be established, and I'm also hearing it from people, you know, that's something else to, oh, here's the past, uh, you know. So I think what I'm exuding more and more uh, and I'm not saying that's 24-7, you know, I'm not far from me. But that I think it is more, I am exuding something more positive. And uh, it's, I don't think it's something of that belongs to my thoughts, you know, but that's, I think it's becoming more and more part of my being. And it's a messy one because 
I doesn't mean I don't struggle. Of course I do. Uh, I think I, I there is an element of skepticism. I don't think I will ever not relativize life. So you know, not taking anything for granted. So I think I'm skeptical if I start to go down that aisle that this is how things are because uh, I am more of an agnostic when it comes to that. I think there is, you know, there is something that makes sense, but I'm not privy to it. And uh, there's no need for me to waste my time trying to tackle it. I don't think I'm capable. So I don't think it's my job. It's kind of like, you know, the odds behind that curtain. Yeah, let it be. It's, it's not for me. So my, my role is different. So I think it does make me that agnosticism makes me uh, skeptical by default. Even more so now when I hear uh, people, you know, talking in absolute terminology, in black and white. Uh, for me, it's a red flag. And actually, even myself, I'm catching myself more and more. I am doing it less and less. Uh, and that I do feel good about it, not as... Uh, a point of pride, but it feels healthier, you know, and it's not necessary. And I think it also has to do with self-esteem. I think as your self-esteem rises, you do not need to be sure of anything. You know, you have your understanding, you have your conviction of the day, but you are open to change, you know. And at the same time, until the change occurs, not because of an argument, but because something inside of you shift and you... It's not even, it's not that you even know or you're aware of it, just it happens to you. It's not something that you decide. It just happens. And then your, your point of view, your philosophy shift, can shift completely, suddenly, and you, you can be blown away by it. And, uh, so I'm okay with all of that. You know, I, I don't have to have something that never changes. So, that's why I'm really skeptical uh, of ideology of anybody who, with his uh, five grams of brain, you know, somehow believes that it can encapsulate, you know, the whole of life. And not even being aware of how ridiculous the claims are that I am saying with my... My five square meter of uh, of world travel that I know what the world is, I'm able to categorically assert that. That is that is a bold claim, you know, and that's actually even a euphemism, you know, stating it's a it's a bold claim. It's it's like I said, I've talked about it, but I am blown away by man's ability to be so arrogant with so little to back it up, you know. It's one thing about uh, a baker, a baker talking about, uh, oh, 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 <laughs> that lady was not moving on the sidewalk, I was here, and she was like, oh, no, no, you need to go here. That was cute. That was cute. Anyway. So, yeah, uh, and I'm definitely, maybe that's the one thing I'm the most skeptical, is my mind, and my mind, uh, uh being so predisposed to categorically assert things in life and label, judge, and box them in. Uh, 
and maybe that's what I'm doing. I'm learning to relativize more, and then maybe to update, you know, my, my mind, uh, um, quintessential framework. I don't know. We shall see. But uh, as for today, as for this morning, I am confidently working toward the unknown in the at least in the Lakota tradition, the West is the unknown, you know. And uh, I feel confident, I feel uh, I feel good about where I am. And that's good enough for now. I don't need to pile on top of it some kind of uh, imaginary supposition about what it might mean, where it might lead me, what I might gain or lose, or what kind of uh, paradise full of virgins I might benefit from. No, it's one day at a time. I still have a French expression. A chaque jour, uh, it's like, let each day, you know, let each day be unto itself. Sounds weird, but each day is enough. Each step is enough. You don't need much more than that to move forward. So on that beautiful, wise thing, I'm going to... Stop for now, as I am exiting Cortez, which is actually about perfect, so I can uh, I can start my mantra outside. Oh, enjoying that uh, the last bit of coolness that the shade affords me and the kind of uh, early sun. <laughs> it's gonna be warm today, but it's gonna be good. So on that note, my friend, I wish you all a beautiful day. I wish you peace. I wish you groundedness, you know, gentleness, patience, resiliency, and then uh, hope not based in the future, but just the fact that you are, that we are here now. And that's, for me, that's enough. So love to you all. And... Uh, Maybe until next time. They are those waves of that loneliness. Not physical. That's an easy one to remedy, alleviate, make disappear, at least momentarily, you know. Food, drugs, sex, sports, buying things, listening to things, watching things, listening, reading, whatever it is. You can do nothing for a long time. Recycling. It's about 7 20 p.m. I guess, and uh, it's uh, a little more tolerable outside. Put a stroll in to Della. Which I'm going to be exploring much of that town. None really appeal to me or none. And just to be more accurate, hold any promise 
not so much of some kind of solace, but uh, not even an answer, but uh, a quality of an experience. And uh, I think this Camino has definitely brought a different quality to to that loneliness. It's quieter, you know. It's not dramatic. I mean, there is no no roller coaster of uh, of emotions. Speaking of roller coaster, you can see a train, the engine, the platform, little patch of grass straight ahead of me. I just watched uh, what I consider a very interesting uh, documentary called Kumare. If you have not watched it, you can actually, Kumare is K-U-M-A-R-E with an accent, the top right, bottom left. And Matilde, uh, Espanol, in French, accent aigu. And it's about this guy from New Jersey, if I'm not mistaken who basically pretend to be a guru, uh, who plays with it and come up what happens. And, uh, oh, yeah, I guess. Anyway, uh, it just came up not too long ago and I was like, oh, yeah, I would like to watch that again. Uh, it's actually quite older than I remembered it. But it's a sweet, it's a sweet, uh, for my friends, it's a very sweet documentary, very, seems like a very sweet person, uh, genuine, curious, playful, and he got caught with, uh, at an interesting game, you know, getting, uh, actually he talks about that too, it's one of the quotes from, well I don't know if it's from the Buddha, but there's a saying in Buddhism, if on your way to enlightenment you see Buddha kill him. And my take on it is, because that's not enlightenment, enlightenment is nothing that you can think of, or that quality of being, you know, that transcends all understanding. You know, Buddha is an idea, is a word, is a thought, is a concept. And uh, that there is a, an understanding of oneself in life that transcends all of that, that is not bound by those perimeters. And of course, you know, I could be so pulling myself right now, but it's kind of feel like some of it is melting, and I'm not talking about the Kumari now. Just talking about my life as of late, uh, for a while now, you know, looking around and uh, none of what I see, I guess, reflects something of, of real value. You know, it is its reality, I see the trees, I see the grass, they mean to me what more than likely they mean to everybody else but they don't mean anything at the same time it's irrelevant they do not constitute I guess what I would call 
ultimate reality. And I have no idea what that is. I don't even know what I mean when I'm saying it. But the sense of emptiness that is felt from being around all of that, you know, with being around with more and more people, forces me to look for that other paradigm to make sense to, to have this new story and that's going to be a theme that's going to be so so often brought up in those recordings and those uh, wandering of mine meandering to meander yeah to meander I won't take it to meander to wander and uh, this is a big town, Sevilla. No bigger than I thought. And so, yeah, I keep going back to that same drawing board, you know, for that kind of uh, unusual brainstorming. Would be more accurate to call it the brain exploding, really. To keep beating the shit out of that brain that keeps trying to, to hook itself to those, uh, what would I call them, mental, mental resonance imaging, let's get MRI, <laughs> I like that, mental resonance imaging, oh that's cute, I just, uh, I wasn't even thinking about it, it came out of nowhere, it came out of left, left field, I like it, I'll take it, so, Feels almost like I'm this passenger, you know. That this uh, I guess that it's kind of like a a show. That I mean this show. Because it, it feels less and less real with each passing day, you know. And of course it is, I am not you know, I'm not debating the the basic premise of everything that I experience, you know, hunger, thirst, being tired, being, well, horny, not so much lately. Maybe my sabbatical is helping, we'll see. Uh, but, uh, you know, those things have not gone away. They, you know, it's not like there's been a revolution in my being and I'm on this different plane. And, no. But, uh, it's actually quite boring in a way, because there is a, it's uneventful to some extent, it's like non-consequential. So, you know, to, to move forward without a goal, you know, to, to, to not have that clear thing in mind and then to have all those pieces moving in unison to try to accomplish that task, you know. Then what does that mean? How does one then, you know, how does one behave? How does one find a way to become that conductor when the whole orchestra is more akin to some kind of cacophony? 
And yet the show must go on. The show will go on as long as it needs to be, you know, whatever that means, uh, whatever this thing, this charade is. And I'm not interested in that. You know, I'm not, uh, I'm not looking at the world and looking at the way to solve whatever conundrum, you know, situation I find myself in. And a sense of that if somehow I was to, to make an impact, you know, to cast a spell of sorts that somehow, some form of activism, I guess you could call it, that, you know, the Walt Disney fairy tale would uh, unravel itself happily ever after. I don't have any hope of that. Is it too strong of a word? Any? Ninguna esperanza. No, I think that's, I think that's right. It feels right. You know, I still have impulses. I still have mechanical habit, you know, from uh, almost 50 years of behaving a certain way to feed beliefs, you know, and have those repetitive thoughts, whether consciously or unconsciously, about who Anthony is, what Anthony like, dislike. One hates all of those things, what is right, what is wrong. I guess, uh, and I'm not saying that I'm anywhere near a place of non-duality, but I do see the fallacy. I do see the, yeah, look at that. The fallacy shows 37 degrees. It's definitely not 37 degrees. But that's where we're heading in the next uh, two, three days. Uh... But I, I, yeah, I do see how how it doesn't work. How my mind, I mean, can come up with that script. Like I see myself often during the day when I see trucks. You know, I saw quite a, quite a bit on this Camino because it's it's definitely way more uh, urban, or way more. Uh, um, by the road than other one. So I've seen a lot more of these guys watching the truck, you know, pulling out of the dark and all of those things that I used to do. And then part of me is kind of like, hmm, you know, because it's something that I could do. Yeah. That, that would be a way to make sense of it all. Even though it would mean throwing away everything that I somehow I've invested in, you know, by taking this path where I am now, even though I have no idea what that means. But yet I have made a choice and I still keep, and I keep, and I still keep making the choice of being here, of following this path to nowhere, to nothing, for God knows what. And somehow that makes more sense. Oh, I guess I'll get to the restroom here. I didn't realize I was heading toward the... That's hilarious. There's a Al Campo Ocean, the big supermarket. It's a uh, shopping center, a shopping mall. Where I went early to get my groceries. But yeah, obviously every day I, I keep making the choice. And I think like all of us, we have to... We keep up to agreeing, you know, with this story. With, uh, with this belief in order to make ourselves do that. So we have a part to play. I have a conscious, you know, whatever the percentage of 
us being conscious of what we're actually choosing. I think that's definitely uh, <laughs> very subjective, but we do. You know, it just, uh, I think that's one of the things that's implied about being a human being, that they are saying that uh, we have to be able to relate to, that have to make sense, and we have to, well, then. And the fish smells strong, it's like, my goodness. Alright, let's see what I'm trying to do with the bathroom here. So there's a sense of, uh, of things being bland, like in the Bible it talks about, you know, if the salt loses its taste, you know, what shall you see what hope is there? I think maybe kind of like hope would be something that I would equate with. If you lose hope, if to you life loses something, and I do believe that hope is a big part of it, then how do you... Actually, I'm going to ask her. Perdona, ¿dónde está el baño? Okay. Gracias. Uh, yeah, I'm feeling strange. Just in case you said I was lying. And I was still in a real country in Texas. Now I'm in our campo in Tudela. Near the... It's a, actually, it's a used hostel where I'm staying. It's not the Pilgrim Alberti. And... Uh, but I have, what nice, it was like a living, well, it was like a dining room. Oh, I ended up watching uh, a documentary and I had the whole thing to myself, which was nice. And so three African guys, I'm not sure where they're from. I didn't feel that comfortable, actually. So, you know, they barely, barely any banalities and... Uh, but for now, my friend, I'm going to... Is that... Hold on. Is it just like a... Okay, it's a unisex, interesting, I'll be done, it's a unisex bathroom. Okay, I'll do my business and then we will review maybe after. Well, well, well. Got the dirty deed done. Then I realized while I was recording, uh, Ricardo called, so... Called him back. He arrived in Zaragoza. Is the uh, chin still bothering him? I have no idea where I am here, but I don't want to be following anything, so I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna walk around. There's a little bit of grass, which always looks weird. In there. There's, oh, there's a bunch of trucks here. Looking, oh, what you're talking about, those guys? Parked in the dirt parking lot. That's been something common too, finding a place where you can shut for the night, you know, not bad, right there by the shopping center. Who knows where those guys go, that's important to which focus. For me there was always kind of a, I think it'd be nice to have access to a shower, bathroom, well, trucker shower, and some groceries. But anywho, I'm digressing here. Yeah, you know, I was, t I, I actually, I brought uh, Ricardo in a picture, one well, might as well, uh, 
leave him in there for a little bit more. But telling him as we walked through Mayen, Mayen about uh, how it doesn't make any sense, you know, when I see those building people living there, there's a sense of sadness, of a heaviness, kind of, I'm not sure if melancholy, I still struggle from time to time with that word somehow. I kind of like it, you know, melancholy, it's kind of a, Kind of uh, as a mix like of an sadness, apathy, uh, um, indifference. It's an interesting word to me. What I what I associate with melancholy, kind of a yeah, spiritual apathy, you know, kind of hopelessness. I don't know if you had helplessness. Uh, I guess I'll do this way. Let's see. Let's see what fills me in with a parilla, otros hoteles, Tudela la Bardenas, zona universitaria. Alright, I'll go to Almashley, I'll go to Otro Orteles. That would more than actually mean uh, towards the south of town. So let's go for a walk. You know, today is uh, 27 or so kilometers. Uh, again, you know, felt like nothing. So it seems like in, on this Camino right now, the physical of it, the physicality of it is not an issue. I'm really enjoying. Uh, I'm really enjoying the heat. So, I mean, I'm not walking at three or four in the afternoon when. Uh, you know, you get to those uh, crazy temperature, like 34, I think, is what we get today. And again, until Sunday, I think, or Monday, actually, then that uh, heat wave is going to subside. But, uh, yeah, the, the physicality of the Camino, the, the backpack feels great. Uh, you know, I mean, this routine, you know, the food stuff is taken care of, you know, the whole uh, getting the basic stuff done, it's so simple. You know, on the Camino, kind of similar to actually, to some extent, like trucking. Beside the fact you're in a fucking truck sitting, you know, and most of your life, you know, is in that vehicle because it's pretty hostile in some areas for a pedestrian, and so you end up going back to that little cave, and that's something that has no no appeal whatsoever for me now. I'm not saying that I would not do it because it's something that I could. But I think it would symbolize giving up. And it sounds so fucking cliche when I'm saying it because, yeah, it is. It is kind of cliche. It's fucking a mechanical expression. It's not really heartfelt, but I think it has a grain of truth in it. You know? Because it would be the way to be in the system, you know, to contribute. I would have a job, I would have, you know, insurance. Uh, at one point I could look for a place um, and not have to worry about anything, basically. But it would not have anything to do with my heart. So my brain would be the one, basically. And even then, you know, I would still be 
impatient and angry and all of those things that came with it by, you know, doing what you're doing and then having to wait, being delayed or whatever, you know. And of course, there's a dangerous element being in a fucking truck with this crazy weather in the U.S. The strong wind, you know, the strong rain, the fucking snow, the ice, uh, uh, accident on the road, you know, being stuck for hours because of uh, some kind of a spill or God knows what. Just what part of what makes the life of a trucker, really. But I could. I could do that. So, and that part of me is like, well, if you could, why, why wouldn't you? Because I'm like, then it would just be like being in a waiting room and then just waiting to die and then finding the most comfortable seat. And I guess that's not acceptable for me. I, whatever it is, a part of me that is hungry for something else. I, that's what I'm going with, even though it does not give me that illusion of security, of certainty, you know, of that, that materiality, of having that part kind of taken care of. And, you know, my, I don't have, I don't have an answer to that, so that voice Maybe at one point, you know, I just, it just won't matter anymore. Kind of, uh, Ramdas talks about, you know, those neuroses, you know, it's not like they go away, but you just, they don't bother you anymore. It's not what's important. And I'm wondering if maybe that's some of what's happening because, I think I'm backtracking my way. Oh, yeah, 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 I see where I'm heading. That's okay. It's actually nice now. So uh, there's no sun, there's a breeze. It's enjoyable, so I'm just gonna walk around town. So even like just talking to to Ricardo, you know, and I and I do, I do care about Ricardo. I mean, you know, uh, he's one of the few persons that I'm still in contact with, you know, whatever that means. You know what, actually, I think I'm going to go on that grass here. It's kind of a... It's been calling me for a while, so... Let me see if I can find a poop-free zone. I'm seeing this woman... Picking up... Dog shit from the grass, but I think I can find a place. Yeah, right over here. Maybe, maybe lay down, looking at those... Uh, whatever those trees are, I don't know. I don't know if you can hear the kids in the distance. Yes, yes, I'm not sure exactly what it is. Anywho, and then here I am, very close to the albergue, laying down. Hmm. Maybe laying down my mind. Maybe I'm trying less. Maybe that's what this thing is, you know. 
is doing what makes the most sense at any given time. And then when that changes, I change. Mm. It's getting nice now, so you can start to feel the coolness in the air. can see why, for sure, for people in Spain who are so social and extroverted and outdoorsy in the urban setting, you know, waiting for uh, that uh, canicula and the heat to subside and then going out until the wee hours because it would actually make no sense to go back home to I don't like a lot of Spanish music. Um, yeah, but it would be unbearable to go back to bed anyway, be too hot. It's actually nicer outside. Yeah. But it's not my thing, my circadian rhythm. It's not wired that way. I was listening in the podcast talking about that too. There's so much uh, hip about that. Hype, sorry, not hip, hype. <laughs> you know, with uh, intermittent fasting, time stamp fasting, 18, uh, or uh, 16, 8, and similar. Things. Always looking at some kind of biohacking, people always looking for the next great white hype. So here I am. Here I am. So I have my next three days. Set in stone, and uh, then we'll see. I'm gonna do a push, I'm gonna do another big day, and then swallow up all that French part of the Camino. One gulp, and actually, that will be the day where the, um, the heat wave will subside. Even though I'm thinking about getting a nice day, um, not arriving before like 5 or 6 in the evening to spend all that time in the heat. Let's see how I do. I talked to, was talking to Antonio, and because he doesn't like it. And it's not like, even though I'm enjoying it, I'm enjoying the heat right now when I'm walking. I mean, uh, if I had a choice, I would rather have air conditioning when I arrive. Because when it gets really hot, uh, although yesterday was fine because it was well insulated, it was kind of a it was an old hospital, I was told, so it never got hot inside. Not like in Torres de Bere and home that was bad there. But I've enjoyed, I've enjoyed the heat. 
This game is good. It hasn't drained me so far, which is very interesting. Because those are warm days, you know. Those are warm days. So it feels like the physicality of the Camino is like not a concern of mine. You know, I met this uh, guy from the Czech Republic, Martin, this morning. He's got something going on with his uh, Achilles heel. He's a youngster, he's a young little turd. And uh, he's already stopped going to the hospital, so he's uh, struggling physically. And he can't handle the heat. You know, which is really funny for red-headed like me. Do not mind it. There's so many things that just don't make any sense. I guess everything is relative, right? What is easy, what is hard, what is enjoyable, what is disgusting. And I'm not talking about... I'm not making any suggestion I can somehow, you know, transcending any of that. I have no idea what's going on anyway. But if it's gonna happen, like I said, it happen in spite of my best effort. To fuck it up. Because all of the things that have happened in my life that have really been consequential, cathartic in a way, have nothing to do with me. They were not due to my own effort. Sometimes desperation, but they didn't come. They were not created out of the goodness of my understanding. That's one thing about Buddhism, to me that just hmm, leave me a little unsatisfied is the Christian idea of grace, and I'm sure the way that I'm using it is different, way different, but the idea of something that's happening that's undeserving, you know, that that is subject to some different kind of law. Who knows why that's what it does. And I do feel some of that in my life. Because of what some of the things that have come down to me and happened to me and changed me. And I still have no understanding, I still have no explanation as to why. You know, like how I met Glenda. She actually even how I met Pilar, I guess. Of course, those are big ones, but there are others. It's not just women. I remember meeting Colin Button, the head chef in London. Um, for a year and a half, I worked in the Hampshire Radisson Hotel, which is on Leicester Square, so it's right behind the National Art Gallery the, in, in uh, London, England. So it's a big one. It's a big national gallery. It's free. And that's Trafalgar Square. And then basically attached to it is uh, Leicester Square, which is a very small square. There's a little cute little grassy area that I've crashed a few times. There is the, well, it used to be the Empire Movie Theater across from the hotel, right across from the hotel. And that's where they used to have premiere of movies. And so I worked there. I got the job very quickly, actually. It was one of the few places where my whole time in London, I had the same job. Well, I, did, I had more, I worked in more than one restaurant, but I kept the same job. And then I had the same, I lived in the same place for a year and a half. 343 South Kennington Road, above a uh, Greek fish and chips restaurant. 
family with two kids, a boy and a girl. And I had a shared kitchen and bathroom, and then my own little small uh, bedroom in there. And so Colin Button is Scottish, and he was a head chef of that five-star hotel restaurant. And I really, I really, he's one of the few men that are respected, that I definitely would call a role model. He exuded confidence, and it wasn't just because he was like faking until you make it, I mean, he had it. There was somebody I could go to, and I could ask the question that I've always wanted to ask, and I've always had a lot of questions. When it came down to doing things, meaning, why, you know? Why this way? I'm feeling that if there's no reason why, then why should I? What, well, you know, what's the point? And uh, that was a problematic question in many restaurants in France. Because it's just not part of the curriculum. This is just how you fucking do it, so just do it. And do it well. And with him, yeah. Anyway. And then he played the piano, so we had, uh, there were two restaurants there. They were kind of like, one was like a brasserie, like a bar. You know, more uh, casual, shitty food. And then we were the, the fancy restaurant. Fine dining, basically, table. Metro D, a French Metro D, and then everything tucks and the waiters and the whole, uh, well, actually, the British word, basically. And uh, I worked in the meat, fish, and sauce department. And I did very well. Actually, I did very well. I considered my my most creative, productive job in my professional career. The one where I have uh, definitely, yeah, it's a point of pride. Because we were responsible, each one of the uh, chef de partie, meaning uh, you have like a kind of a vegetable area, soup and uh, vegetables. So there was one department, there was a cold starter, the salad and the like, and then there was a dessert and uh, bread and pastries. And so we changed the menu, I forgot how many times a year, but then you will be given ideas that you'd be responsible to bring them to fruition. And, um, and I did some interesting things. I also became more disciplined, became more sanitary, really liked a clean working space. They used to make fun of me, but I was so organized, so clean, more than any other, more, more than any of the other guys. And also, I started to stand up like uh, I was so good at organizing. I, I always had space. A, a walk-in is like a big fridge, basically, where you can actually walk inside. So we had that, and then we each had our own space with shelves. And I was very good at consolidating mine. And so I would always have extra space to put things, just in case. And sometimes the other guys, they just would not organize, they were not efficient. And they were not interested in learning to be more efficient, but they would be more interested in asking me to use my space to put their shit. And I was like, no, take care of your crap, you know, this is not my responsibility. So, but I believe that fostered respect. I mean, yeah, they used to make fun of me, but I knew I was respected because obviously, the modeling was good, you know, it's, uh, the product of it was good. Things looked clean, they were organized, it was purposeful. And so, 
the interesting relationship that I developed with Colin Button was that I was more serious when he wasn't around than when he was. He actually got me to listen to Gustave Mahler, which never took hold. I just, uh, I find him too intellectual. He's a German composer. Uh, shit, I don't know actually, I think that it's either the 19th or the early 20th, I think it's the 20th century composer. Gustave Mahler. He has those ridiculous pieces with so many instruments that I don't know, I just, uh, one of the six. The six symphonies, one I enjoyed the most. It's the one where he lost his child when he wrote this one. So his son, if I'm not mistaken. And then he was devastated and it was a definitely more emotional piece. So I enjoyed that more. Less philosophic. But, you know, it was just, uh, there will be exchanges, things that were not happening with anybody else's. Because obviously I am, uh, I'm into classical music and in a restaurant. It's not going to be a typical run-of-the-mill conversation you're going to have with your co-workers in the kitchen. So it's basically about soccer and girls and cars and just the same shit, and then music or whatever, and about being cool or having the cool appearance. And uh, that was amazing. So it was nice to have a person, you know, with whom I could be different. And I really enjoyed it. What did I bring Colin Button in the picture? Oh, I, have, uh, I have lost my initial thought. But it was a nice walk down memory lane, reminiscent about Colin Button. So I guess if anything, you know, there are people in my life that have been significant, that are milestones. Yeah, I don't think I'm gonna go anywhere. I'll just go back to the Alberta. Maybe I'll chill here a little more. Finish chewing on that uh, Kumare documentary. You know. Uh, I guess we want, you know, I think we all do want to find some Kool-Aid. You know? Something to believe in and something that somehow through which we can be more, you know, we can feel more. Like uh, for me as of late, you know, with Pilar, what I felt was fucking amazing. And yeah, and she is, it makes her the most important person in my life to this day. Uh, that's going to be a tough one. I think she's going to be a tough one to top. Yeah. That's going to be a tough one. To but, uh, yeah, in the main kingdom, that's going to be a tough one, what I felt for her. Just being with her. Anywho, but I'm really good. I really am. I'm really, I am past the spell. I'm past that, uh, yeah. Would I dare calling it the Pilar curse? No, not doing justice to the, the spell. That's good enough. I'll leave it at that. Yeah, it is not. It 
you've done any issue. And I think slowly but surely, I mean, even though it's taking it's taking three years, it's, um, I, I guess I would not even call it grieving because it's not getting past it, it's going through it. And that also was a lot of waiting, was a lot of agonizing waiting. Because, you know, the part of me was like, still hoping like a, like a silly teenage girl. Yeah, completely spellbound. Completely spellbound. I was helpless for sure. In a hand I was like putty. I really was. I wouldn't be now, but I really was. And I can appreciate, you know. It made me, it was definitely very humbling. It was very humbling. About how you could feel, you know, something so powerful for someone else. And, you know, I can only begin to imagine what it must be like, you know, for a child. But yet, regardless, regardless of how far you take it, you know, but how amazing you're going to say it is, you lose it all in the end. You know, it will slowly disintegrate one way or the other for some type of natural cause of other, you know, old age or an accident or cancer or whatever, you know. It is not something that's a constant, but it is it's such a powerful itch that you just can't help yourself. But some would call that not freedom and not true happiness. You cannot be truly happy if you are bound, if you're dependent on something that's unconstant, ephemeral. That's not what happiness is. That's what a drug does. It just makes you feel like nothing else does. But the best of the worst is not the best. It is just the best of the world. So I'm curious, you know, eyes and ears open. As I keep moving forward to see what may come, what new experiences, new understanding, maybe some uh, dashes of uh, wisdom here and there, maybe. And also maybe more peace with my fellow human beings. I mean, I'm not angry, but like I've said many times, I just don't care that much for them. And I guess if I flip the coin, that would more than likely mean for myself as well. Which, well, I don't know. Maybe it's true. I don't know. Anyway. I think that's good enough for now. So, grateful to have had that uh, patch of grass to to finish uh, my uh, evening recording, which my uh, my 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 post walk. I guess I didn't talk about today. Um, well, it was you know again freaking flat. 
So definitely something that's going to change in uh, looking at thousands of feet of gain and lots of elevation when I go to uh, the Basque country. So that's going to be nice. Looking forward to that. Looking forward to that. And of course, I didn't start from there. So I am definitely conditioned and primed ready to go. But, you know, the, it was nice, there was a breeze, time and time again, so at the time it felt like, oh my goodness, almost felt like cheating as I was walking, because it was starting to get warm, you know, I was starting to sweat, not even sweating that much, considering, you know, you're getting to 30 degrees, and, yeah, I don't sweat that easily, and then walking strong, you know, took that one break. Hmm. And then uh, called the place here, the albergue, and they told me to call them like 15 minutes before because there was nobody there. So it's a youth hostel. And then the guy came in. And then, you know, and I check in. And then, like yesterday, they have like coffee and tea. And I found those nice, I don't know what it is. It's like they're like little pebbles of ginger. So it's like sugar ginger of some sort. I don't know, but I really like it. I have like a manzanilla. I don't even remember what. That's uh, not chamomile. It's kind of like a. There's no detail, so it's kind of a herbal tea. Yeah, it's nice. And then I put some of the ginger in it. And I have a cup waiting for me when I get back. But you know, two bunk beds in my room, so more than likely there'll be nobody else. So I'll have again uh, the place to myself. It's been a lot of that on this Camino, for sure, the most ever the most uh, solitary that I have been. And of course, to me, it is more natural, it is uh, it's what comes more naturally. Uh, you know, I don't, uh, I don't seek other people, I don't seek strangers, I guess it's not, uh, it's fine, you know, to be on my own. So I've had a lot of that on this community. There was a change with Ricardo, but uh, yeah, that's going to be more of the same. We'll see if, if I end up making it to the North Camino, which I have a feeling I will. There will be, yeah, I'm pretty darn sure, a lot more traffic on there. It's one of the busiest ones. I think it's the second one, actually, after the French one. The most traffic. So we'll see. But that's plenty for now. So. On that note, after seeing that uh, dog king in the tree, looking very happy. Yeah, very happy to get his uh, leash off, stroll in the park. I will leave it there, my friends. Wishing you a beautiful evening. And, uh, yeah. On... Um...